Welcome back to the Golfit Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Scott Golfit. Today, we are going to be talking about how to stop fat shots for good. Okay. So, one of the biggest things that um, you see people struggle with on the golf course, especially new golfers, tend to hit the hit the ground first, then the golf ball if they're lucky. Um, and it really causes a lot of frustration because they just can't figure out why they can't just hit the ball. Um, so there's a couple of things that are typically happening here. Um, one is your tempo, which is probably the biggest one, is that most people, um, in fact, I just did a playing lesson today and I saw one of my students um, duff three shots in a row from like 25 yards. And this happens a lot for people, and I could you could just see the frustration on his face. Um, but basically, what what happens is that the tempo starts to slow down into the golf ball because the person or the player is trying to be too careful, and so because they're trying to be too careful and they don't want to overshoot their target, they slow down going into the golf ball, and that deceleration causes the angle of attack on the uh, the club to change and will typically get steeper, um, which will then shove the club into the ground. So if you really want to make sure that you stop hitting fat shots, the fastest way to do it is to make sure that your follow through is twice as fast as your backswing and your downswing. So in other words, you really exaggerate and you can do this in drill form uh, first to practice it, but really exaggerate that follow through and keep everything else super soft. And in fact, if you can shorten up your backswing and then exaggerate the follow through almost like a like a uh, like a one to two ratio, um, double the effort on the follow through half the effort on the backswing and the downswing you're going to see a tremendous difference. Now, the, what scares people and the reason why people don't do this is is actually fear. And what scares people is that they feel like if they're going through the ball um, quickly and they're, and they're exaggerating that follow-through, that they're going to lose control over how far the ball will fly. And that's half of the battle of fixing this problem for good. That's the other half of this battle of fixing this problem for good is learning how to use the backspin that is produced from the accelerated follow through. So anytime you're you're hitting the ball in the sweet spot and you're exaggerating that follow through, um, your backspin numbers are going to go up and the backspin is what will create a little higher of a launch um, it'll allow the ball to float in the air longer, and that actually helps produce the control that you are looking for. Um, that you're trying to get, you're trying to get that control through decelerating. Um, but instead, if you accelerate and you focus on that follow through, and you hit the ball in the sweet spot, then the grooves of the club will do their job, which will provide the backspin and the ball will float up nice and high and it will land softly on the green, um, you know, provided that you uh, are able to make decent contact. Now, if you start practicing this where, you know, you're you're exaggerating the follow through and you're not making good contact and it's just getting worse and worse and worse, that's okay. It's not going to be 
an easy switch, especially in the beginning. It's going to take you a while. In fact, I would say if you can, find a decent shipping green around your area of where you live and throw on some headphones and go over there and, and force yourself to kind of figure this out. Even if you have to put an obstacle in your backswing, say like a, a golf bag or a bag stand or an alignment rod or something to kind of force you to really shorten up your backswing, um, it's going to force you to soften your hands, soften your grip, soften your tempo, and it's going to really benefit you uh, when you finally get that acceleration through the ball and solid contact. Okay, so I hope this helps. Um, let's get rid of those fat shots for good. As always, aim small, swing smooth. Peace. Welcome back to the Golf Fit Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Scott Golfit. Wanted to talk to you guys a little bit today about squaring up the club face uh, so that you're able to control the directions of your shots. Um, most amateurs uh, wait too long in the downswing to square up the club face. And this is what causes a lot of their issues as far as the starting line of where they actually are putting the ball. So when you are talking about squaring the face, if you look at what the PGA Tour pros do, okay, so on average, um, the PGA Tour pros have an inside-out swing path um, of approximately four degrees. Now, some players on tour play a fade, you know, and they'll be more like four degrees outside to in. Um, someone like Dustin Johnson is a, is an outside-to-in player. Um, but then you go to someone who's like, you know, Colin Marikawa. Um, he's more of an inside-out guy. Ben Hogan was an inside-out guy. Um, Jack Nicholas was outside-in. So um, they all kind of... Um, they all kind of have their own different style flares, but essentially what they're able to do is because they understand how spin works, they're able to um, they're able to control spin by controlling the path and the face angles of their swing. So again, to recap, on average, it's about four degrees inside to out or four degrees outside to in um, from zero is if zero is your target line. Um, you'd be either swinging four degrees to the right of your target line or four degrees to the left of your target line for the right-handed golfer. And then the face angle should be as close to half of whatever that number is as possible. So if it's four degrees inside to out, then you would need a two-degree open club face to hit the perfect draw. If it was six degrees inside to out, you would need a three-degree open club face to hit a perfect draw. Now, keep in mind, the face angle dictates the immediate direction and the swing path is what will dictate how much side spin you have. So when you um, are are able to, you, you're never going to be able to control them 100%, right? But the goal is to get yourself to where you're able to um, kind of see an average of what you do, let's say, over the course of 100 shots or over 50 shots. What is my overall average? Do I average inside to out or do I average outside to in? And if so, then now I know I just need my club face to be half of whatever that number is. Um, and then that's how you're going to be able to control your side spin and your starting direction. Now, again, Let's get back to closing the club face because that's the point of this one. Sorry, didn't mean to get on a tangent here. But 
Closing the club face. So most amateurs wait too long to close the club face in the downswing, especially if they're going through what we would call a path change. So when I start working with students immediately, they usually have some type of issue with swinging over the top and they're, they're basically swinging across their body to the left. So my first initial goal is to get them swinging to the right so that they can have an inside-to-out swing path, as this swing path does promote the best body mechanics. And then usually what happens is when you move someone from outside to in, uh, to inside out, they have a really hard time squaring up the face, and they wait until after the ball's gone to kind of turn their hands. So what you want to be doing is as soon as you take the club back, all right, and you get to the transition of your golf swing, so where the club stops moving, uh, stops moving back and starts to work its way down, there's a subtle little transition phase there from going back to down. And that transition phase is what initiates your downswing. And that's where you should honestly start feeling your forearms and your hands um, rotate that club face over, um, meaning that you're going to shut the club face through the rotation of your wrists and through the rotation of your forearms so that by the time the club gets to the golf ball, it's already prepared to be in the correct angle rather than being left open. Now, can you overdo this move? Absolutely. And you might hit hooks first, but I always I always tell people it's actually a good sign if you start to hook the ball, it's a good sign because if you can hit a you, if you can hit a hook, you can hit a draw. And if your goal is to hit draws, then you need to know how to hit a hook because it's just a mild form. All we're trying to do is control side spin, and the way you do that is by manipulating the face and the path. Okay, so um, a lot of people freak out when they see bad ball, what they would call consider bad ball flight. But bad ball flight is actually a sign that something is changing and it's probably changing for the better. Now, one of the things that makes it difficult to see or, or to, to believe that is if you don't have a way of tracking it or seeing it. So when you're going through this type of swing change, I highly recommend that if you can, for sure get on camera because the camera will allow you to see what your body is doing. And then for sure, if you can get on a, a launch monitor that allows you to see what your numbers are as far as your club face or your path, then that's going to be a huge advantage. And sometimes you have to go to a place and, and, and um, rent out the spot to be able to do that. I don't know. It depends on your situation. But if you can put yourself on camera and on a launch monitor, it will dramatically improve your ability to make these swing changes. Um, and once you're able to get that club face closed in time, you're going to see an immediate change in your overall ball flight. Now, when it comes to closing the club face, I know that I, I mentioned the rolling of the wrists and the rolling of the, and the rotation of the forearms. And... Um, that is one way to do it. There is another way, and some players prefer this way. So you can either rotate and or you can either rotate or aka roll your wrist to close the club face, um, or you can do more of what's considered a bend or a flexion in your left wrist and an extension in the right wrist. And if you 
you know, if you do something like that, a really good person to look at for that type of swing would be like Dustin Johnson. He doesn't really roll his wrists. He actually just bends his wrists um, and uses his body to close the club face. Um, so if you're going to play that style, you totally can. Um, but otherwise, if you look at, you know, the more traditional golf swing, there is a subtle roll of the wrists and, and rotation of the forearms to get that club face lined up at the moment of impact. So um, I hope that helps. You know, this is something that um, I haven't seen talked about too often, but definitely getting your yourself to where your club face angles and your path angles are lining up is the, the, the face-to-path relationship is the number one thing that will dictate where the golf ball goes. You know, after that, you have uh, center contact, and then from there, you have tempo, um, and those are what I call the core four. So if you have the core four working for you rather than against you, it's going to solve about 80% of your problems. So again, I hope that helps, and as always, aim small, swing smooth, peace.